Nicholas, do you want to tell our audience what just happened with the episode that we recorded? Mm, my um my my microphone wasn't on. So everyone, we're going to be having a bit of an atypical episode of Morgan Baloney's uh we're going to be cutting down a lot of the content for time. Uh, previously, I believe it was three hours worth of content, so please enjoy. Hello and welcome back everybody to this episode of Morg and Balonies. I'm Morg. And I'm Balonies. But you probably know us better by these silly little things we call our real names, Nicholas and Greg. Classic Greg. <laughs> or Reed. Hell yeah. So, oh, as we said, <laughs> so we're going to have a silly little episode today. Uh, some things got mm -hmm. messed up in transit. They got lost in translation. Sophia Coppola. Technical difficulties. Coppola. Some may it's say. Just like with Sophia Coppola. <laughs> um, yeah, we're just going to we're gonna try and get through it. <laughs> we, we've talked. We discussed all of these for about 18 hours. We're not uh, mad at each other anymore. <laughs> no, we 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 duked it out. We sent each other packages of live cockroaches. We're we're all good, like adults, like adults. So, got anything you want to say before we move on to our trailer rendezvous, Mr. Gregory? Oh, I I think and hope uh, the opinion shared in the prior lost mythical episode will be even more refined in this episode. So, hey, look forward to that, everyone. We can always hope. Why don't you start us <laughs> off there, bud? Sounds good. So for the first trailer we're going to talk about, first of one, two, three, four, five, six trailers, it is going to be the teaser trailer for Raya and the Last Dragon. Now I'm going to say what I said the first time. Uh, I think all of the blue-green scenes are going to essentially be her training because doesn't really look like she her life is actually in danger which is fine you know that's probably the opener you get five ten minutes of her just like fucking around doing little martial arts things being a ninja and all that then she fights mr green mask who is uh probably related to her i imagine or maybe is just a sensei of some sort and then we go out into the big open world that's all sepia toned and uh, uh, vaguely post-apocalyptic and you know it's 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 a teaser so we're obviously not getting the full picture of all the places she'll go and the people she'll encounter but just from the teaser alone I, I don't know it seems like it's going to be a fun ride I, I really like the armadillo and uh, <laughs> I, tried, I tried to let it s slip Nick I, I just couldn't get past it uh, I like the armadillo. I think he's silly. Uh, I think it's a little dumb that he gets so big, and mm -hmm. that's gonna be some kind of magic shenanigans or, or some kind of oh, this is a mystical version of Desert Dystopia Number Six, where animals get giant when they get older, even though they have the same face. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I think it's gonna be a generally good time. Uh, I'm not crazy excited. I really like the music in the trailer. I hope that's an ever-present thing when you watch the movie and she looks pretty cool she's got cool costumes a little cloak little hat a ninja outfit i'm i'm reasonably excited to see this not over the moon but i'm excited nick what do you think about raya movie. 
<laughs> Over the Moon? Isn't that the one that just came out with Felipe Sue? I have no idea. Oh, wow. We'll have to look that up. Fact checker? Uh, Nick, get get to your point. Fact checker. Oh, Raya. Raya, Raya, Raya. I think, stylistically, this is a very cool trailer that we're seeing. Um, you know, especially in the blue and the green cave of training, whatever that shenanigan place is. It, it looks really cool. Uh, her outfit is, I think, really well designed. Um... But graphically, like, compared to, you know, the main of, like, the 3D animation Disney movies we've gotten lately, like Moana or Akoko or Frozen 2 or Tangled, these have all looked so much better than this. And I don't know if this is, like, the side project the animation studio has been doing and the main <laughs> one's coming up later. And animation's hard. Oh, extremely. I could never do it. I have big, fat sausage fingers. I don't have the ability. Um, but it just doesn't look up to the snuff of... And I know, also, you know, COVID probably is doing a number on things. So expect that to play in somehow. But it just doesn't look as good as it should. Maybe that's a little cunty to say. <laughs> um, plot seems very typical. I've seen this movie 18 times, but, you know, if it's done right, I'm fine with that. We're in basically, like, a renaissance of the Disney renaissance. Like, in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, where they started, like, re focusing... Re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re
countries like Indonesia. But Indonesia itself doesn't have a single culture. That's it's made up of, you know, like hundreds of islands, I believe, or like it, you know, it's so tons of islands, tons of different cities and societies and things. And I don't think it's really translating in Disney's efforts. Not to mention, we're not getting any sort of uh, architecture or society from at least from this teaser trailer. It's just you know one spooky dude in a cave, and then ah yes, <laughs> deserts. Yes, the hills and valleys of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, fact checker has slid me a note that says there are 17,508 islands that make up Indonesia. Yeah, a little bit more than 100. Uh, I'll, I'll, con- <laughs> I'll concede on that one. Um, I'm technically correct, which as we all know, the best kind of correct. <laughs> Another issue I have is with the armadillo. He is a big... The armadillo, though. <laughs> Big silly ball fella. He's he's like he's cute, but he's just another baby Groot. He's another BBA. He's another uh, baby Yoda. Yeah, baby Yoda. He's another baby nut. My favorite of my favorite of the babies, baby nut, who I believe is not a baby anymore, but he's better than teenager nut. And that's all I'm gonna say on that one. And sidekick characters, cutesy sidekick characters, have always existed. But, like, they've come in different forms, like Mushu in Mulan, a sassy dragon. Um, you had an ugly one in Flounder, the Little Mermaid. <laughs> he was a really ugly sidekick. Damn, that's a hot take, Nick. <laughs> he was ugly. He wasn't even a Flounder. But, yeah, I'm just <laughs> disappointed in, in... This movie could be so much more, and this teaser isn't inspiring a lot of hope within me. It doesn't give you an indication that there will be more. Which is a problem for a teaser. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a big thing. And Nick, did you want to start us off on the next trailer, number yeah. two of six? This is Prom, a musical film based off of the stage musical Prom. Uh, you know, simple title. It's about this girl wants to go to prom with her with her lady friend, and everyone's like, "No, fuck off!" <laughs> and then she goes to get like some washed-up actors to help her throw a prom which that is allowed at i've got some issues just right away the cast it's got some stinkers in it to be to be very nice um james corden i hate his guts uh <laughs> not a fan of james corden he's done nothing really to me but just <laughs> just not just really like tatiana muslani he's on the list he's on the list and he's not I've never enjoyed him. He's so inoffensive that he's looped back around to being offensive to me. <laughs> it's like the kiss of death. Because, like, he was in Cats. He was in an, another thing that got pretty bad review. Um, he was in something else recently that stunk to high heaven. Um, Fact check. He's not great in it. Um, Meryl Streep. And I love Meryl Streep. In musicals, I don't really care for her. The inverse is Andrew Rannells, and normally I love Andrew Rannells. He is an amazing performer. But with Ryan Murphy, who's directing this, just a stinker. I they <laughs> There's something about these two working together that they bring out the worst in each other. And speaking of, <laughs> Ryan Murphy is just the worst. I have no confidence in his directing. And you can tell it's a Ryan Murphy movie or project because there's like no black people except for maybe you might squint and see one in the background and that's just like you know a telltale the beating of the telltale heart of ryan murphy like no it's not racist look 
There's a black girl back there. Prove I'm racist. Ugh. Uh, uh, one crime. cool thing, the dancing looks spectacular. The music's good, you know. I, I like the music in the musical. Yeah. I assume it'll probably translate, at the very least, a little bit worse. But, like, <laughs> that's just how it works when you take a musical to a movie. I'm pretty sure some extras are from my hometown of Bakersfield. So, I'll, if I do end up watching this trough of a movie... It uh, is on Netflix. I might take a little peek, see, see if I can spot anyone. Maybe take a <laughs> maybe take a shot of luminol every time I see one. <laughs> How do you feel about it? I don't know if this is the movie you were referencing, but James Corden was in Trolls World Tour. Yes, that's uh, it. This year, fucking yeah. movies. Thank you, not fact checker. Great. It did have the Mac Trolls World, World Tour was bad. <laughs> I I feel very. I don't want to go off on Trolls World Tour right now, but I fucking love Trolls and Trolls World Tour. I had so much hope for, and it just disappointed me to no end but getting back to the prom yeah uh, watching this trailer i i'm not familiar with the stage play or any of the music in it um the one song that i thought i could kind of hear during the trailer sounded kind of cool so hearing you say that the music is good gives me some hope of course the dance numbers will, will i agree probably be pretty spectacular so uh it's it's like a spectacle watch if anything like i was saying before I'm not familiar with the original source. Watching the trailer, I was like, I think she wants to go to prom with a girl. And they're like, none of the parents are cool with it. I couldn't tell who all the people, if those are like the fellow students, it seems like all of them get over it pretty quick because they're dancing and singing <laughs> immediately afterwards in the trailer. And it just <laughs> does not seem like an actual impact or issue. And also, uh, very footloose. Yes. Uh, Nick did mention, yeah, <laughs> like a worse footloose. Nick did mention <laughs> that this is based, uh, not in this episode, in the last episode, that <laughs> this was based <laughs> on an actual thing that happened in 2010, I think? Yes, 2010. Yeah, 2010. So uh, for that, I thought, wow, I am genuinely surprised that that actually did happen. But writing a story about it and having it come out now in 2020 when things are much, much, at least they feel much, much different and better in a lot of regards and a lot worse in other regards. <laughs> um, it just, I don't know, it feels like watching that, watching this, I'm not going to get the religious overtones that Footloose was so rich with that made it so interesting. At least to me, I saw Footloose recently. Uh, not to flex, but... <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. And, yeah, like, this just doesn't seem like it's going to have that kind of sustenance to it. It feels very much like it's going to be uh, snack food. You're just going to kind of munch on <laughs> it, not pay attention, forget about it after you see it. I did meet a guy uh, while I was here in Vegas on a, as an extra in a commercial who said, I believe he said he was an extra in this movie, so... Uh, you look for the Bakersfield peeps, Nick. I'm gonna look for this guy, and hopefully we'll both see him and have some of that sweet, sweet luminol. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to our next trailer, The Stand-In. Now, you may be wondering, The Stand-In, what's that about? I've never heard of it. That sounds awful. Sounds like some sort of comedy. Well, you're correct in most <laughs> regards, because The Stand-In is a comedy starring Drew Barrymore as Candy Black... Yep. And a world famous comedic 
comedic actress, and also her stand-in, whose name I don't know, so she's also Candy Black in my head. So Drew Barrymore playing two roles. That's cool, right? Not really. And the, yeah, it's just the shoulders of giants. Like <laughs> and essentially, the whole movie, the premise is original Candy Black is an alcoholic and gets in trouble because she's way too famous and hates the limelight and everything's just not right with her mentally. And then her stand-in's like, I can go to rehab for you. She doesn't offer. The original kind of makes her, but that leads down the line of now she's doing whole movies as Candy Black and she's doing interviews and she's doing this and that and making friends and maybe a boyfriend. Uh, this movie it does not look very funny at all uh, to <laughs> me. It doesn't look very good particularly, but what does interest me about it is the idea, because in the trailer you can kind of piece this together. It is fame that's making the original Candy Black uh, kind of alcohol dependent and whatnot. It's not like she's crying for help or anything. Or actually, yes, it is exactly like that. Cool, Greg. <laughs> Just flip your points on yourself. That's fine. It's kind of like a cry for help. She doesn't want to be famous anymore. It's weighing too heavy on her. And if you pay attention in the trailer, as her stand-in gets more famous and soaks it up because she really wants to be famous, uh, original Candy Black is sinking more into herself. And at least to me, it looked like she was doing better. Like, I don't think I saw her with a drink at all afterwards. So maybe she's doing some kind of self-therapy and that's a big part of the movie that will be completely ignored. But the idea that fame is what's causing her issue and kind of the impetus of the film, the, not red herring, what's the thing? It's the MacGuffin. There we go. Thanks, Yeah, Greg. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Fact Checker. Ooh, God in the Machine. There's no God in this movie, let me tell you. So, <laughs> yeah, it looks like the MacGuffin is going to be that fame, in essence, uh, kind of drove her toward alcoholism and... Now that she's not famous, she gets better. I mean, that's not the main point of the movie, I'm sure, but that aspect of it, at least, is what interests me the most about it. Probably won't watch it. Maybe if it's on Netflix. Probably not even then. Nick, <laughs> what do you think about the stand-in? Well, I just want to go through the the, the cast real quick. Uh, air some grievances I have. So first <laughs> of all, it's got T.J. Miller. Fuck off. <laughs> fucking hate this guy it's fucking like his canceling lasted maybe like six months yeah, it sounds Dude, about like right. a fucking creep called a bomb threat all sorts of shit and he's you know deadpool yeah. 2 the wasn't it? it's like the second highest grossing or no it's like top five highest grossing r-rated movies or something something know, like that because i know joker has become like number one since then but deadpool 2 did crazy numbers then he was in Underwater with Kristen Stewart. And now he's in fucking... And to be fair, this isn't as big as Deadpool 2. <laughs> but like... <laughs> no, not at all. It's a little bit smaller. But like... Why is it... He keeps... Same with like Mel Gibson and shit. Like they keep getting work. And I... Yeah. Like there's been no punishment. No anything. He's just kind of back. And everyone's just like, oh yeah. <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> It's also featuring fucking Lena Dunham. You have two oh, fucking God. creeps. <laughs> Fuck off. Fucking Lena Dunham oh, is like in, like an undisputable like monster. 
And the fact that she is still not only like in Hollywood, it, like people still love her despite like admitting to like mm. molesting her sister for years and years. You can't just do that. Or you shouldn't be able to at the very least. <laughs> All right. Very good point, Nick. I'm going to step down from my soapbox and talk about the movie itself. Wait, before um, you do that, can you say that thing about girls that you said in the original oh, episode? Because yeah. that was the funniest fucking thing. So, Lena Dunham's biggest claim to fame was was girls, which was an okay show at best. Uh, but a lot of you, some of you may know that girls was where Adam mm-hmm. Driver first got his big push into stardom, into being a, a name, being recognized by the industry. Now, he's the only good thing about girls more or less so it's like you have this show called girls written by women you know i believe directed by women created by women starring all these women and the best parts the fucking dude (laughs) adam driver that's like what a burning indictment Against Adam Lana Driver. Dunham specifically. Yeah. And 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 don't take this as a, a dig on Adam Driver. He's awesome. I fucking love him. Like mm-hmm, same. Man, can you imagine that? <laughs> anyway. Soapbox kicked to the corner until I need to bring it back out. Forgot to sound off my 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 sexual assault alarm. <laughs> as introduced in our Halloween episode. Greg, add that ding in dong, post. Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> Is that in bad taste? <laughs> Tastes bad to me. All right, talk about the movie. Oh my god. So, this starts off, and I have a feeling it's gonna be a recurring joke. It's Hollywood making fun of addicts again, and I really don't need to see this. I don't need to see movies, even if they're trying to like, oh, expose how bad it is for them, taking advantage of mentally uh mental patients mentally ill people addicts which is a mental illness a real illness it's just so fuck it's like the same shit they've been doing for 50 years and they haven't changed a fucking bit of a fucking note 60 years even and it's like you know oh i'm fat amy winehouse like oh that's fucking (laughs) hilarious man yeah you know who you know who needs to be taken down a couple levels Amy Winehouse. She's Amy had it. Fucking Winehouse. She's had it too good for too long. <laughs> God, fuck off. Hasn't been in the ground long enough. Yeah, exactly. We need to roll her over a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh my God. This movie seems a lot to me like a very unfunny combination of Russell Brand's remake of Arthur and then Singing in the Rain. So like, there's the <laughs> body double or you know switching places aspect. And, you know, we've seen this a million times now. And that's fine, but I don't think they're going to do it well at all. I mean, there was, like, one joke in the trailer that made me laugh. It was when she landed in poop. <laughs> and she goes, oh, something, something, haha. Like, very good delivery. I don't have to <laughs> quote because I don't want to quote this movie. Um, but it's just, it doesn't seem oh, very interesting it doesn't seem like every anyone gives a shit about this movie it's very much like there was a creator or a publisher that had this script and they're like ah fuck we get like a maybe a a ten thousand dollar payday 
it, you know, we can make some sort of profit on this <laughs> because these dumb comedies, you know, we'll add them onto a five-pack CD. They'll sell in Walmart for <laughs> $6.99 every other season. Um, <laughs> we can do that. And so everyone, they're like, hey, Drew Barrymore, we're going to give you a double payday. So she probably got paid like 80% of the, the total costs. And the rest is just, oh. Good for her. Like, yeah, I mean, I like Drew Barry more and more or less. I don't, I can't remember the last movie <laughs> I saw her in. Like, Same. that, that wasn't Fifty First Dates. Great no. movie. Was that, yeah, that was her, right? I'm pretty sure that was Drew Barrymore. Fact checker, let me just. <clears throat> and that's a good movie. This one's not. I don't think this one's going to be any. If this movie's like, oh, like, fails in comparison to Fifty First Dates, which is already, like, not a perfect movie. <laughs> it's still like a six and a half out of ten, maybe. That's seven mm-hmm. if I'm generous. Definitely was in Fifty First Dates. Yeah. Okay. And I'm just. Yeah, I, I'm not looking. Oh, Santa to Clarita it. Diet. Of course. That was her big thing for the last couple of years. Is that the Cannibal Show? Yes. Hope that's not a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happens episode one. Or two. Okay. All right. Well, I, that's kind all my premise. That's all my thoughts on the stand-in. Uh, all right. I have more thoughts about the backstage uh, ideation instead of what's actually on the screen, and that's because there's not a lot on the screen, to be perfectly frank. <laughs> to be imperfectly frank, fuck this movie. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. <laughs> Alright, this is going to take us to our next trailer, which is The White Tiger. Now, The White Tiger is, I believe, yeah, I believe it is a Netflix movie featuring Priyanka Chopra. Uh, who I believe is the wife of Nick Jonas. <laughs> We're really relying on the fact he's earning his money today. Well, that's because he had such a light workload on the mythical episode that now we don't care anymore. <laughs> so yeah, he's, exactly. He's getting Putting his laps it all in. on him. Um, uh, you were correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Priyanka Bam. Chopra. Thank you, Fact. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's basically the story of this person raised as. Uh, 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 an Indian man servant. It, the whole thing's in India. Indian actors, I believe, for the most part. I, I didn't see any others, and that's pretty cool. I like that. But he's raised up in as a member of this big, the lower caste system, uh, a part of Indian culture. They tackle it a lot in their in their cinemas, which is what I call the movies there. If that was a little confusing, <laughs> it's probably not the correct term. Um, but he's working for this this couple. And things start getting, you know, a little wacky. And it's like, oh, am I working for not great people? How am I going to, how is he going to become past what he's been programmed to be basically all of his life? And with a little bit of a twist near the end of the trailer that we'll get into. Um, (laughs) I am a, a pretty big fan of foreign cinema i'm in the united states of america Oorah, obviously uh <laughs> he's also a marine apparently yes i am a marine uh no we can't say that that's false glory i believe <laughs> false uh, valor yeah. <laughs> um i'm not a marine yeah. i don't care for that shit i've seen american sniper in theaters and that was my service <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, i'm getting feisty today um <laughs> shot every time i say oh but yeah indian cinema is something (laughs) i have not really watched too much of and there are some like all-time greats that have come out of india and i have been 
woefully underrepresenting them in my watches. I tend to watch French, uh, German, Japanese, Korean, that kind of swath. I've seen um, City of God. I forget. I forget if that was where that was Senegal. No, but that one was the was an outlier. But Indian movies typically tend to do with the human condition or class disparity, and this movie seems like it's tackling both. This comparison is going to be made just due to the release timing of this movie. It's going to be compared to Parasite because it's about this person from a lower class infiltrating, whether intentional or not, into a class way above where he is deemed to be allowed. There are some characters in this kind of encouraging it, maybe a little backhand, maybe not really meaningful, and then other characters fighting against it, at least ideologically. Whew, that's a (laughs) triple score word. And I think it's unfair to compare this movie to Parasite. This is Parasite isn't the first to tackle this sort of theme. It's just the best in recent memory. Like, it's a fucking stellar movie, and I think regardless, it's going to hurt this movie. Whether the quality is up to snuff or not and it's just unfortunate because i want to see more indian-led movies about india in the the western sphere of movies agreed city of god takes place in rio de janeiro brazil brazil got it thank you fact checker um thank you (laughs) (laughs) stolen valor Um, give it back (laughs) i agree with nicholas I think this movie absolutely will be compared to Parasite, which is unfortunate because uh, I think a much more apt comparison to this film would be Scarface. If you've seen the trailer, you more or less understand the plot because as Nick alluded to, I'll be getting into that third act <laughs> BS that they drop on you. But it, it feels very reminiscent of when people were comparing Bird Box to A Quiet Place, which at least to me, feels very, very different. Like, two very different movies, and they're like, oh, well, they have to be quiet. That's the same as not being able to look, right? And to me, that's not the same thing. What is the same thing is Stanley Tucci's The Silence. Exactly. (laughs) That one is an apt apt comparison. There you go. I would have absolutely been on that bandwagon. But when people jumped on Bird Box and they're like, it's a B-list, a quiet place. I was just like, no, it's it's not, not really. Watch the silence, then <laughs> that's like a B-list quiet place. And a, 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 an okay movie, it's not the worst movie that I've seen better. in my life. I believe you, Nick. Nick reads many books. But anyways, uh, like I was saying, I think Scarface is a much more apt comparison because in the third act of this movie, which uh, at least is what the trailer is showing, uh, looks like he rises up. He finishes murdering his boss or beating up his boss or having a stern talking to him and ends up becoming one of the drug lord guys as he is now wearing a suit and he is uh, very clearly the white tiger of the movie. And that's really disappointing for me because when I watched this trailer, I, I was pretty interested in it for... Uh, two specific reasons. The movie itself, the plot seems pretty self-explanatory, like how it's going to unfold seems reasonably predictable. But two ideas really stuck out to me, one being 
not to go all Kanye on him, but he seems to have enslaved himself to a degree because ideologically he believes his masters are good people and that's why he is happy to serve them. That's the cage that he's built for himself mentally so that he can justify being a servant, not his being anything more. Exactly, that's his bird box. <laughs> so that was really interesting to me, the idea that maybe his master isn't a good man, which is a line in the trailer where uh, one of the other servant men says it to him. And that's when he starts noticing, oh, he's making out with some woman in the backseat who maybe isn't his girlfriend or wife. And then later on, pretty clearly makes some kind of drug deal and then has a bag of money in the back, which he, of course, tells his servant, uh, drive this bag of money over here or whatever for a dead drop or whatever. And, you know, it never crosses his mind that he'll open the bag because he's his faithful, loyal servant. And in the trailer, he does. He finds the money. And if that's where the trailer ended, that would be very interesting to me because now it's like, oh, he's starting to fracture ideologically. He's being challenged. What's going to happen? We know what's going to happen. <laughs> but knowing what's going to happen isn't the interesting part. It's all the questions that can arise. How will it happen? And then when they show you in the third act that he becomes a gangster, it's like, oh, okay, that's how it happens. <laughs> that was one of the more interesting parts that I hope is uh, at least two-thirds worth of the movie because that would that would make it worth a watch for me. I mean, it's on Netflix, so there's no timer because I'll have Netflix until I die, probably. And the other thing that was really interesting to me was kind of his discovery of violence. He never thought that he could raise a hand to his master and then in the trailer you know you see him beating a rug which could be construed as a very malicious act if you glare at someone while you do it but he never thought to do that and then later on he's beaten some pile of rubble or whatever he grabs a bottle smashes it and looks down at the jagged points and you know he's just thinking boy I could just show up to work and stab him and that could be it like <laughs> I could do that he would never see it coming and it's that that discovery of violence, of personality, and really coming into one's own that seemed very interesting to me. That coinciding with uh, the fracturing of his original ideology. Those two things seemed really cool. Uh, the eventual ending is not, but, you know, I'll probably give it a watch. This one seemed way more interesting to me than I thought it might, which I was happy about. And that, I believe, is going to take us to our next trailer, Stardust. If you wouldn't mind, I'd like to cover Stardust's little summary. Oh, Nicholas, please be my guest. So Stardust is the uh, the newest biopic about David, uh, looking at the name, Bowie. I'm not too <laughs> sure, but David Bowie. Uh, <laughs> going through early life in his career trying to get international play or well national play i guess technically in america with his weird brand of music and his only hit being space oddity which isn't really even you know symbolic of his music as a whole now what this was advertised as is the origin story of david bowie which he's not <laughs> like a superhero this isn't spider-man or, you know, <laughs> fucking uh, Harley Quinn. This is like a man. His origin story was like two people fucking and then he like 
like probably had like a pretty weird childhood and then he went on to do music like okay it's like <laughs> very few musicians have like or at least semi-contemporary have a unique story before they get into music <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah got some gripes with this the actor they've cast as bowie looks absolutely nothing like bowie and it's so fucking distracting it's like it's just like they just got this fucking scab off the street and they're like ah we'll paint him (laughs) up and like no offense because he's not ugly he just does not look like bowie and bowie famously an extremely attractive individual (laughs) it's what a lot of people remember him as you know is the sexy goblin in labyrinth i was gonna say big bulge yeah exactly I hope that was real, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll um, find out in the biopic. <laughs> you know, now that I would kill for a David Bowie and like Jim Henson like movie, like just to go mm. through that. That'd be awesome. We will never get oh, that because yeah. Muppets are under <laughs> Disney's Iron Fist now. But, oh well. I don't think this movie needs to exist. We're we're re-entering that phase in like the late '80s, early '90s, where we're just. Just like with the re 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 of Disney's cultural movies, we're getting the same with musician biopics. Mm-hmm. So we had Rocket Man, we had Bohemian Rhapsody, which, you know, that was a mess of a movie. Let's just admit that now. Um, <laughs> Oscar for best editing. That's all I'm gonna say about that one. And Some tight editing. Getting through it. Tight as in every one second. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Spring-loaded, some may say. But this movie doesn't need to exist. Bowie is a very well-known and well-beloved musician. And you can say the same for, for Freddie Mercury. But to be fair, I don't think half the people really knew like anyone besides Freddie Mercury's name in Queen. Like You might get a handful of them that know Brian May. But like, who are the other two dudes? Or it might be three. I forget. Queen Man. Oh, yep, yeah, Queen Man, John Queen, and then Greg Bolanos. It's <laughs> gonna say Lightning McQueen, but thank you. <laughs> um, Collect some royalties on that. Ta-ta-ta. But this doesn't. But like David Bowie's career has been way more followed. Like his albums are all beloved, not only critically, but but within the popular scope. And, you know, this movie's talking about him struggling early on, and that's true, but eventually he was, like, number one. It's like a biopic about just 80s Michael Jackson. Like, why would... <laughs> like, we don't we don't need just 80s Michael Jackson. We Everyone knows 80s Michael Jackson. Who's know? bad? Exactly. Kid Michael Jackson, you know, with his whole... With that family situation, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. You could do the later in the tragedy that his life became because of his childhood. That's interesting. We don't need this bit. We don't need 80s Michael Jackson. <laughs> we don't need, oh, I've got to get on the fucking radio, mate. David Bowie. We don't need that. <laughs> Costume design is amazing, though. I'll give them that. They really took a lot of... I, spent, I think this is where all the budget went and, like, set dressing uh, is all in here because there obviously wasn't in the cast. <laughs> and uh, and the music's not really prevalent in the trailer which is weird for the biopic about a musician that the music's not really here it's a lot of business yeah. talk and like interviews and that's not really 
what people are interested in in a biopic. Like, this is like the exact opposite of, let's say, The Doors biopic with Van Val Kilmer. That movie's trippy as fuck, and it's like all the exciting parts about The Doors. This is like the worst parts of Bowie from the trailer, <laughs> of course. There, there is a quote in it where um, the American guy is like, oh, we're, we're just two believers. And, and David Bowie's like, two. And he goes, what? You don't believe in yourself? And then they just kind of like, <laughs> and they kind of move on. Aww. But I do like that line. It's it's very, very good line. That's a great line. So I do have some hope for the writing of it. Not much of it is really shown in this. Besides um, everyone like calling him out for just like pretending to be a weirdo. <laughs> like that's what you really want in your biopic. It's like, yeah. oh, you're just a fucking nut. <laughs> we don't like you. Like, oh. It's like addicts in fucking the stand-in. You just want to take them down a notch. Yeah, exactly. Someone needs to be taken down a notch. <laughs> and it's recently deceased David Bowie. <laughs> well, 2018, I think. But, or That's 2016. still very recent. I forget. It's recent. It's really recent compared to a Freddie Mercury, who's, what, 45 yeah. years now? Yeah. Something like that. Man. Another one bites the dust. Ow! <laughs> Alright, take it away, Gregory. I think they should rename this movie The Worst of David Bowie, because that <laughs> seems like a much more interesting title. I agree with pretty much all of your points. Yeah, I didn't really the music wasn't really prevalent, which is super weird because yo, if you're making this movie, you've got the rights to the music, don't you? You fucking better. That would be <laughs> fucking funny if they didn't. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just then, like, oh wow, what a cool song you just did. Anyway, let's talk business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But man, uh, dude does not look like David Bowie. Uh, it's very distracting how much not like David Bowie this boy looks. I also love the line. I already said that while you were talking, but it's a good line. I I see why they put it in the trailer. It's because it carries the trailer. Because <laughs> the movie certainly does not... It's got this weird feel to it. Like, it's trying to almost expose David Bowie for, like, having multiple personality disorder. Because there's, like, a scene where he's looking up in a mirror and then one by one, like, 20 different reflections of him all look up and they look back at him. And they're very distinct, so it's not like, oh, it's a weird camera delay. No, they're all looking one at a time up at him. And then... You know, his producer, American producer friend is like, oh, be somebody else, which is more to the uh, idea that David Bowie fractured his mind so that he could perform for Americans, I guess. I don't. It's really weird. Like, I don't think David yeah, Bowie is, was like that. Mm -hmm. There is a thing in different albums. He would do different characters that would be doing the albums. So mm -hmm. I think that is what they're trying to reference, it doesn't uh, come across that way. It certainly does not. It comes across as though he has disassociative identity uh, disorder, not personality, or DID if you've seen Split, and or, or exist in, in the real life. world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was exactly. gonna say, that's not a fake disease, buddy. <laughs> or disorder. It sure ain't. But yeah, it's just, this doesn't really feel like the David Bowie movie that I would want to see, uh, which, I mean, maybe it's a David Bowie everyone else wants to see, except for Nick and myself, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like very 
enticing. I really wish they played Space Oddity <laughs> in this trailer. Because it would fit so well. He has... He, there's a shot of him in the spacesuit. Like, what better mm. time to go, like, Major Tom, while he's, like, opening his eyes in the spacesuit. That would be perfect, but they just didn't. And... Uh, not really interested in this movie as a result. Maybe another trailer will be better, but and more enticing, but this one was not. And that's going to bring us to our sixth and final trailer. Yep, if you've been counting, this is number six, What Lies Below. I love this trailer. <laughs> Nick is going to slam me left and right about it, but you know what? I love this trailer. This movie looks excellent. Nick, what do you think about now? I'm just kidding. So what lies below, essentially, is... From what I can tell, this young girl, well, she's like a teenager, so I think she's probably 17 or 18 for story purposes. You'll get why soon. She gets picked up by her mother from summer school or summer camp or whatever, and they go to a lake house, which uh, may or may not belong to the handsome fellow that she's now boinking, and she meets him, and the first minute of the trailer or so is kind of like adjusting her brassiere she's looking at him when he's not looking he's very muscular she's clearly kind of interested in her mother's boyfriend and that part of it when i first saw this trailer made me think wow i am not going to be into this this seems like i am now going to be wasting the next two minutes of my life watching this unfold and then the next two minutes happen and boy <laughs> does it change He's staring at her from a doorway and like weird red light starts to shine in on her bedroom. She wakes up, she goes out, she sees him walking into the lake, completely clothed, and then behind her he appears, completely dry somehow. We know how, he shakes it off. It's not logical, but it's pretty cool visually. <laughs> and then from there, it becomes like a like a stepfather kind of trailer where it's her against him, kind of, because maybe this guy's like a siren, or maybe he's an alien, or maybe he's some kind of merman who's trying to feed off of her mother. And from what I got from the trailer, it seemed like he is uh, exerting some kind of vampiric-type influence over her to make her really want to fuck him and, like, you know, be with him in general. And maybe that's what was happening in the beginning of the trailer. I don't know. But overall, it just seems so interesting that he's now... It's a him versus her story, and the mother's kind of taken out of it because of circumstance. And also, Nick brought this up last time. I'll bring it up this time. Uh, he has some kind of lab in the basement with lampreys. I'm stealing your animal, Nick. I and dare you. They're, That's my they're spooky gimmick. looking. Exactly. <laughs> they're spooky looking, but uh, I mean... Nick and I both think they're real. We don't think they're like CG or nothing. So it's just like, whoa, why is he got lamprey? Is he a lamprey man? Is he gonna be like a big mouth guy? Like what's gonna happen? It looks so like, I've got so many questions. I can't wait to watch this movie. And I hope it's not extremely overtly sexual because that would kind of bum me out, but I'm still down for this movie. Nick, what do you think? I'm gonna, I have mixed feelings on this, as, as you mentioned. I'm gonna try and you know, good, bad, good, bad, because there's lots of good things in this movie. Um, or this trailer, I should say. Yay. Uh, I will stand for any movie that does background scares without, like, a ding! 
like a like a <laughs> big sting because there are moments where like oh he's walking in the background or he's watching from the doorway and even if those are cliched scares in general doing it completely silent like the at least in the trailer they've been doing is awesome i think more movies should embrace silence because silence is fucking scary and while movie theaters aren't really a thing if you've ever like been in these silent scares in a crowded movie theater oh it's fucking edging <laughs> it's like like oculus did that a lot and that was like my best horror movie theater experience Ooh. Mm. and a part where he comes out of the forest behind her and she's like staring into the lake so bl- or we assume it's the fucking scary guy mm-hmm. you know it, it would it, it would be really weird if it was mina suvari <laughs> <laughs> so Mina Suvari is playing the mother and when I watched this I was like oh wow Elizabeth Moss Elizabeth Moss you're doing more stuff Invisible Man was like horror movie of the year so it's like <laughs> you fucking you're killing it and I'm like oh no wait this is just Mina Suvari who looks so much like Elizabeth Moss <laughs> it's like what? it's like wow I don't I've been aware of both of these people for a while now, and I don't think I ever connect with these two. How strange. This guy is not scary. This guy is not intimidating. <laughs> this guy is not. Yeah. He's cute. He's like... Dude, he's, he's like so a, handsome. He's, he's hot. Like, he's like a generic, like, Joe Manganiello. Like, <laughs> I think he's hotter than Joe Manganiello, personally. Joe Manganiello's got them peepers. Oh, those, that's true. Those eyes get me every time. Um... Huh. Oh, Joe. No, but he's and there's parts where you can definitely see he's trying to be like creepy or ambiguous or scary. And no, it just seems like he's mm-hmm. being a jackass because he's just a <laughs> cute guy. And he's like and, and it almost kind of seems like fucking flirting. And I don't know if that's intentional. Mm-hmm. And that brings me to a, a, another thing is I think this movie's going to be very sexual. Because there's just, there's such a voyeuristic feel in all the scenes where the mother and the, 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 the boy toy are sheboinking. And it's like, <laughs> it feels like, you know, like, our main character is watching this constantly. Watching them, she's in the same room as they're making out and, like, you know, flirting and all this. Watching them as they're on a date. Like, it, it, yeah. it really seems like it's going to be, and, you know, sign the sexual assault alarm. Ahuga! <laughs> The, the part where she's sleeping in her room and he approaches and he's in the, the doorway. It looks like he's shirtless. I, I couldn't really tell. Um, but he's just watching her. And that's typically a bad sign. Not to yeah. mention, in the trailer, they specifically use the words, like, this movie will seduce you. They use seduce. <laughs> and that could just be the reference to him being some sort of thing some sort of siren Se- seducing or... the, the mother but i have a feeling it's gonna involve something with the daughter maybe some sort of gaslighting her or maybe trying to seduce her as well after the mother's done her purpose yeah all right positive time i love the the contrast it's like in this you know dinky little lake cabin but then they have this fucking lab downstairs with his vivariums with his lampreys inside and like and of course we see later in the city and greg pointed out the city might not be a very big part of it and that that could definitely yeah i don't think so but i do like any place like a horror movie that 
isn't afraid to move the setting. Uh, like Juwan, Juwan had like the hospital part in Juwan is phenomenal. What show? Uh, I don't think I've seen Juwan. No, I haven't seen Juwan. The I, I've seen Shudder, and when they do go to other places and she pops up, that's scary as hell. Yeah, because it's like, it, and Western so. horror movies don't really do it as much. But it's it's the inescapable nature of these of these horrors. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with, like, Us. Us did that really well. Because it oh, wasn't yeah. just in the, 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 the house. It was on the water. It was at the neighbor's house. It was in broad daylight. It was everywhere. You couldn't mm-hmm. escape it. And that's ter- Candyman 2. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, Candyman exactly. Candyman 1 as well. Tee-hee. <laughs> <laughs> um, God damn it, Nick. And I really like whatever this is going to be. Oh, and for those uh, listening, because we're a podcast, um, <laughs> I was showing Nick a uh, a bit of the poster for What Lies Below, and it, I'm I'm thinking it's kind of a giant lamprey. I don't know. Maybe it like splits open and has people arms. I don't know, but at least on the poster, it looks like some kind of giant sea creature, which I thought I, I didn't notice before because I hadn't seen the poster, but. It looks cool. I mean, it kind of looks just like a big black tentacle penis thing, but looks cool. <laughs> that that brings you back. Well, one, you know, lampreys are, you know, they're phallic shaped. You can there. There's another notch for the sedu- the sexual aspect of this movie. Although I personally big fan of lampreys. If your dick looks like a lamprey, I beg you go see a doctor. <laughs> go go. <laughs> Contact the physician. There's something wrong, and you've made a mistake in your life. <laughs> um, you've been in some sort is, of accident. This is God's punishment for sins you've done. <laughs> in another life. <laughs> oh, um, there is an, an inkling feeling in my heart, and I don't want it to be, because I would stink this movie up, that this is will be some sort of shitty twist at the, that, like, oh, it's her hallucinating... There's or there's some sort of thing at the lake that that is affecting her, and that's why he's kind of weird too, or, or something, because you know him going to the water and she walks up and then he's behind her, and I'm like, oh, I don't really want that. What I really want is for him to be a big old fish man, <laughs> because I think fish men rule from Hellboy, Shape of Water, Creature of the Black Lagoon. You gotta see Sweetheart Nick. He's a big old shark boy. I love big old sh- Suicide Squad 2. It's got King Shark. Oh, yeah? Does he yeah. look cool? Oh, he looks fucking awesome. He's my favorite comic book character of all time. <laughs> I fucking love these big nice. fish men. I really want him to be... And if he's a big, cool lamprey guy, that'd be awesome. Lamprey don't get enough love. Uh, and mm-hmm. my final note on this is about lamprey, as you mentioned. So yes. they go into the lab downstairs, and he's got these setups with these lamprey flipping about because they're silly little critters. <laughs> so if you don't know what a lamprey is, it's basically like um, an eel leech. So it's got this long, <laughs> slippery body, and it's got this big, wide, suctiony, hooky mouth. They don't really go after people. They're like bottom dwellers in lakes and stuff. Oh, so they crazy. look scarier than they actually are. I like their inclusion because this isn't like a CGI 
or a fictional scary fish or like you know it's not mm-hmm. like critters or grabbers <laughs> or you know it's this it's not some like made up horror thing this is like a real like tangible creature, creature. like in uh, the bay the bay used real isopods as I the model I was just going to mention that yeah but it, it it provides a tangible thing and that's really like an underrated tool that they use cuz it hooks you into knowing that into the this mm. movie's universe. This is a real fish. He's doing real studies on a real thing. This isn't eight-legged freaks where there's a bunch of like bogus <laughs> spiders in these cages. It's like oh, and they like these box gonna, and shit. It's like oh, these are gonna be bogus spiders, aren't they? No, this is a real fucking thing, <laughs> and it and it it's one of the reasons. Even if it's just a clip of this dumb fish thing. It, it, it gives me just a little bit more hope on this movie. I just thought of something. What if the big reveal is that she, he's two lampreys in a man suit? What if the twist is she's a lamprey? <gasps> oh, would, would that that's be why he's so weird? attracted to her. <laughs> and she's and she's getting revenge on the lampreys in his lab. <laughs> I was gonna now say they're, his, they're their children. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a movie I would watch. Oh man! What lies below? What lies below too? Back in action. <laughs> but the lamprey part is uh, where her vagina is, like the seminal teeth. And it, so like, good luck, out fella. From her to grab someone. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, Projectile that's... lamprey vagina. All right. That's, a pre- that's pretty cool. <laughs> I think we got a movie, Nick. <laughs> I'm into that. Let's let's Fuck yeah. Let's sign Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> <laughs> And Joe Manganiello. <laughs> Mena Suvari's gonna be so upset. She's like, ah, oh, damn, my one movie this year. <laughs> now it's the B version of that. <laughs> Everyone who fucking hates on A Quiet Place and Bird Box. And fucking The Silence, which was written like years and years before Quiet Place was scripted. <laughs> oh, books. Or Dead Silence with Ryan Quantin. Shut your mouth about Dead Silence. All right, I think that's gonna do it for us. Thank you for joining us on this not-so-lightning-lightning round. Yeah, we meant for this to be quick, and I think we actually went longer this time. I think so, too, somehow. We, you know, we did, we love talking about movies, and mm-hmm. we had a lot to say, and I think a lot of interesting stuff about these six trailers, which is why we wanted to, quote-unquote, redo it. We said a lot of different shit this time. Uh, then yeah. our mythical Lost episode... So I'm really glad. Let me just uh, double check that I've been recording. I have been. <laughs> Thank Ooh-y. God. Save Even the that day. In. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, we wanted to share this with you, even though it's not our our typical episode format. It'll be a mm-hmm. little bit shorter than our regular episodes, but yeah. you know, we're we're we'll make it up to you. We're gonna do some really cool stuff next week. And I think you guys are all really going to like it. Greg's going to take his shirt off. Audio only, but he's going to do it. (laughs) Guaranteed. And unless Greg has anything else to add. I believe it was the last post. Uh, Our email, if you guys have any questions for us, if you want to ask us, you know, how you should be living your life or how you can get past a certain plot point in a thing you're writing. Or Or you want to know something uh, about us personally. Yeah, if you have any questions about us, we'll be happy to answer them. We want to get some audience engagement in these episodes. I think that would be really cool, and Nick agrees. 
and mm-hmm. <laughs> I speak for him. And that's it. So like that silence. Remember I'm that. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Remember <laughs> that email. Uh, morebol831 at gmail.com. That's M O R E O L 831 at gmail.com. And shoot us your questions. Anything else, Nick, or are we going to get the heck out of here? That's going to bring us to the end. But first, we're going to plug our social medias just a teensy bit. Uh, you there can find go. me on Instagram at Nicholas, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S, dot Roy, dot Morgan, dot I-I-I, which are three letter I's. <laughs> I post silly little things on my story. It's mostly just pictures of me and my cats. But if you want the real dirt, go to my Twitter at Dr. PLSS. It looks like Dr. Piss. It is an L. I'm I'm in a legal battle to get the original Dr. Piss (laughs) username. It's not going well for me, guys. But that's where I'm at. I tweet terrible jokes and worse opinions almost constantly. (laughs) Trying to get that copyright. And you can find me on... YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at GrecoBo, G-R-E-C-O-B-O. You can also find me on Instagram uh, under Mixmatch Media, M-I-X-M-A-T-C-H-M-E-D-I-A. I post funny bits there, little bit videos, and who knows, maybe you'll think they're funny too. He recently uploaded one which was a Hadouken what was that from? <laughs> uh, the film was Hocus Pocus. Yes, Hocus Pocus. That was my favorite yeah. one I've done so far. <laughs> uh, for Yeah, I love that one. Especially, I was just going to leave it at the Hadouken, but adding in the K.O. was just <laughs> cherry on top. My little Street Fighter heart from years and years ago. Just like, ah, oh, oh, yes. brought me back. It was <laughs> in Blanca. All right. The Redux of a of a of a catch up episode that you'll never hear <laughs> unless Greg's got his cursed side of the audio with just him asking if I'm there. <laughs> like for three hours. So long, so long. But it was funny. And you guys will never oh, get man. to experience that. Neener yeah, neener sorry, neener. <laughs> I mean yeah, losers. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, thank you all, all right. for for dropping by and listening to us. We appreciate all of our bald women listening to the show. <laughs> all six of you, you guys are wonderful. How did um, we get a non-sequitur? <laughs> um, we hope you come back. We've got really cool ideas planned, especially next week. Planning some mm-hmm. some future special episodes, maybe some, some secrets we can't disclose just yet. It'll be Not cool. Send in some questions. And most importantly, have a good time. Yep, have a good night, everybody. And as I always say, drive safe. Thank you.